What's up? What's up? Welcome to episode 205 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, Adrian and I are talking about the sale of buyer's properties, also known as SBP. We hope you enjoy. Heidi Ho, neighbor. Morning. Vest partner. As I saw yeah, you. What's up with the vests? We're vesting it today. As I saw you get out of the truck. I'm like, oh, we both got our vests on. It's that time of year. Do you consider my vehicle a truck? I do. Because I consider yours a truck, obviously. It's well, a pickup. It's just easier to say than SUV. Right. Every so. time I call it a truck, Natalie corrects me. Uh, many yeah, people would. It's not a truck. It's a car. It's an SUV. Well, yeah. Congratulations it's... on your new vehicle, by the way. Thank you. I've always I've wanted a pickup truck. For as long as I can remember. Even back in high school, I was like, you know, remember those, I don't know what they were, but like the Silverados and Sierras. And I was always jealous of people that had those. Now I finally got one. I put a ladder in it yesterday. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Eight foot? No, I've got a small box. It's a five and a half, five foot, seven inch maybe. But it fit the ladder. Did the ladder have to sit on the tailgate? No. So what size of a ladder did you put in there? A it's step like stool? My A-frame ladder. Oh. It's it's about six oh, feet. It's yes. about six feet. So you put it corner to corner, and got they it. got about six feet of space. Got it. And that's got the extension, and you can flip it so it's one. No, I have one like that too, though. Oh. That one's heavy. Got it. Not convenient to take around. Did you know that when I took my driver's... um, Like the actual exam... I do know this. Well, I'll tell everybody that doesn't know okay. it. I don't think Ian knows the story. All right. So when I took my driver's exam to get my G2 at that time. Yes. When you were a G2 license. Is that the one where you yeah. drive on a course? Not on the road yet. I'm pretty I sure. Was... that was on the road. Oh, really? Mine is yeah. on a course. Closed mm, course. I don't remember taking any on a closed course, but that was also... Oh, how many years ago now? 25 years ago. But I changed my insurance recently. They're like, when did you get your G1, G2, and G? I don't know. 20 years ago? Yeah, but everybody's different age. Like, you can get it at any age. I guess so. Or if you're a new immigrant to the country, you might just be getting it at 50 years old. So how do they know? Right. They don't know you were born and raised here, went to school here. Okay, okay. I get it. Tell us your story. So I took the driving exam with my dad's vehicle, because you bring your own car to the exam, the examiner hops in and you, yeah. and on that one you're going on the highway and you have to parallel park and park and do all these things. Well, it was an F-350. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was a turbo, half ton. Turbo diesel dually. Oh my God. With a manual. You parallel park that? With a manual transmission. Six-speed, was it a six or a five-speed manual? Yeah. Dually. It's a big F-350. Diesel. With the um, diesel, with the um, extended cab, and the the long bed. Oh, my goodness. So this thing was like a friggin' bus. It's a 20-foot vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And it was like zero to 60 in like four days. Right. (laughs) Like, and the... 
clutch was so long that your knee is coming up into your chest and you're like pushing it Do you down. recall like if the instructor said something getting into it? Uh, I don't recall, but I don't believe so. I think it was pretty straightforward. They would be very... In his head, he was probably thinking, yeah, good luck, buddy. Yeah. But, it, uh, yeah, yeah no, I passed and uh, had my license ever since. Anyways, today, uh, welcome back to those of you listening and watching to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Very timely discussion. Yes. I think the title, we're titling this, what does SBP mean? What does it mean in real estate? Yes. Because we've had it come up a lot in the last couple of weeks where agents are even asking us. Yes. Well, and coincidentally, we, on a monthly basis, we get an email from Google to tell us which pages are trending. And consistently, I would say as number two or three on our website is a blog that we wrote I think years ago, probably that is breaking down acronyms, real estate acronyms, specifically HWT, hot water tank. Uh, oh, great! Now they don't have to read the blog. Now you don't have to read the blog, but there's about a dozen others um, that, and it's like real estate jargon. It really shouldn't be used in public areas where people are going to ask what it is. Right. Anyways, uh, SPP is a big one, and. Now more than ever, we've never really gone through this before, but I'll let you explain what it is. Well, quite simply, SBP stands for Sale of Buyer's Property. Right. And for the longest time, years in the GTA, in the greater Toronto area, if you were attempting as a buyer to buy a home, not only would a sale of your property not be allowed as a condition, would not be accepted as a condition, most of the time you had to go in without conditions of any kind, without yeah. a finance condition, without an insurance condition, without an uh, inspection condition, nothing. In so, the early years of our career, it was common, but not even, even that one was rare though. In fact, I don't it, think I've... it was rare, but it was more common in certain segments of markets. Yes. So, as an example, if you're buying a, well, ten years ago, if you were buying a three, four, five million plus dollar rural property, and it was on the market for six months, which is common in those type of situations, then you. If you got an offer as a as a seller and it was conditional on the buyer selling their home, you looked at it and you go, okay, I don't have any other offers. Right. So, yeah, take the next month to try and sell your house. And if you sell it, um, we'll finalize this deal. Right. And to elaborate, there's another clause that accompanies that typically that allows the seller to continue to promote and market their home and the existing buyer would have a first right of refusal if another offer came in and was accepted. Correct. So there's a whole bunch of ways that you can actually word that condition. Um, there has to be a time frame on it, first of all, and that's totally up to negotiation. It could be a week, a month, a year, whatever. Um, 
And then there's that escape clause where um, if the buyer, well, put it this way, it's it's a walking stick in some sense. Most conditions are. Most conditions are. And we'll talk about as a seller and as a seller's agent, what you want to do. I think that's important that we talk about that, what you want to do when you have an offer with that condition. Yeah. Um, but they get first right of refusal as long as that clause is in there. And sometimes you see that exercised yeah. because the buyer loves the home so much and they're so confident that their home is going to sell. So put it in perspective. If you're a seller, you accept an offer on the condition of the sale of the buyer's property, and it's got the clause in it that allows them first right. Um, another offer comes in, and as the seller, you accept that offer potentially with a clause in there. Right. That basically says <laughs> it's under a first right of refusal from the first offer. If that one doesn't come together, we'll accept this. Um, well, and as like, just to elaborate on it's a walking stick, either the buyer could get cold feet at any time during right. that period. Right. Or they then go to the bank to get the mortgage approval, even though that was not a condition. Right. And it turns out the rate they got was astronomically higher than they had anticipated. Right. And that scares them off. They don't want to purchase anymore. Well, they can just list their home for sale tell us, oh, it, we didn't get any satisfactory offers and then be released from the deal free and clear, get the, the deposit back. Yep. Um, so it's important, as you're saying, that buyers, or sorry, sellers and their agents really do their due diligence and know who's representing them, what their track record is, what type of home are they selling, how saleable is it, how ready to sell is it. Yeah, you want to ask those questions. You got to know what are the what is the likelihood Yes of the property that the buyer has, what is the likelihood that it's going to sell? Are their expectations reasonable? Right. What are you going to list it for? Right. What do I think it should and sell what is, for? What is your confidence in the realtor that's representing the listing? Yes. You know, if you're in Mississauga and the offer is from a buyer that has a property in Oshawa. Right. Like, I have no idea what the market is currently in Oshawa. I have no idea what the selling prices of the homes are. Um, so you got to do due diligence. And then is that is that agent, is that realtor confident and capable yeah. of accomplishing that goal? Yeah. Which is often easy to gather just through conversation, especially if it's a local property, local agent, somebody you know, Um any agent in those situations can make a pretty quick informed decision. Um, but if it's somebody you don't know in an area you're not familiar with, you're taking a bit of a risk. So the challenge is that as a buyer and, a, you know, representing a buyer, you've got nothing to lose by sending an, by, by putting a deal like that together because you're saying to the, the buyers saying, well, I got nothing to lose because if they accept this offer, I'll put my home on the market 
And if I don't get what I want for it, right. then I don't, I don't have to commit to buying this house. Yeah. So the buyer might have unrealistic expectations where they think, especially now when the market has dipped a bit, maybe they think their home is worth $2 million, but in actual market value, it's worth 1.5 or 1.7 or whatever. But they say, hey, you know, if I get $2 million, yeah, I'll buy your house for Right. And whatever. it may be completely far-fetched. Right. And then, so the challenge with it is you have to recognize that as soon as your home is listed as conditional, uh, your exposure is dramatically going to decrease. Or fewer people are going to come through. Ag- 100%. Agents will see it. They'll see it sold conditional. They may not even dive in to see what conditions. Right, uh, and as soon as they see the conditional status, they're less likely to entertain it as something to show a client because they, well, why would I show a client if it's conditional? It's probably going to firm up anyways. Well, even um, if it doesn't firm up anyway, what it does potentially, like if you are representing the buyer now that's coming in and looking at the property while it's under a sale of buyer property condition. If you put an offer on that and it gets accepted, let's just say, yeah. and now the original offer has whatever, 24 or 48 hours to either firm up on the deal or walk away. If they firm up on the deal, you've just wasted all this time. And now maybe your expectations of what you want to buy have changed because oh, I wanted that house so badly. Like you always want what you can't have in real estate, right? Like, and so if that gets taken, yeah, if that gets taken away from you, now maybe you're looking at every other home differently and always comparing it to that. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, that happens regardless. Like people miss out on houses. Like we just, so we just sold a property and it has this condition. And there were, it was an interesting one because it's, it's a very unique home. It's a higher price point. There were tons of people that fell in love with it who through communicating with their agents, I believe there was probably two or three who really wanted it but were hesitant to pull the trigger. And even now they're probably like, oh man, that was, I really should have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that exists regardless. So... We are starting to see these kind of offers. We're yeah. starting to hear about these kind of offers. And certainly as you get into the higher price points, because now, I mean, it's it's a lot harder to borrow money, right? And yeah. lenders are being extremely picky. I'm just going through, I'll give you a story quickly. Um, going through refinancing our cottage because the existing mortgage is actually due tomorrow. <laughs> and um, we're talking about a property that's got quite a bit of equity. It's being refinanced after five years of ownership. And you will not believe the amount of paperwork that they are asking for and to refinance with the same lender it's a different lender now okay but it's a lender that i have uh done business with have accounts with have nothing have money with with the bank recently had a mortgage on another property with them yeah and they're asking for all this stuff 
And we're not talking about a really big mortgage or anything. And I'm looking at it going, are you serious? But their guidelines of lending now, not only on their ratios and your income ratio compared to debt and all of that, but they're analyzing everything so well, especially for a non-traditional property that's not a four-season yeah, primary residence. Apparently now, um, no, it's considered a year-round property. It would be classified differently. No. For sure it would. It's not. It's on I'm an unassumed, you. it's on a non-maintained road. It's not a private road, though. It is a maintained road. I find that hard to believe. But, well. The bank's not here to prove you right or wrong. so <laughs> we'll They have continue. nothing to prove wrong because <laughs> that's the qualifications. But as long as as long as long it has um, heating yeah, that's year-round and it's accessible, that's all they care about. So technically it's – and, and previous, there are people living on the street year-round and previous owner did live there for a couple of years. So it's technically a year-round residence. Um cottage and apparently now they're not going to a 30-year amortization at all on cottages only to 25 years so they've cut that back so it is a little bit different as but that's any cottage any cottage no property. opposed to a house though yes yeah yeah well even their lending guidelines for cottages as a whole are a little bit different but anyways the point is three years ago while rates were even dirt cheap and prices were going through the roof banks were handing out money like chocolate on halloween now you know it's where are we going with this as far as sbp i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and this I is how, how our podcast turns into an hour long <laughs> i don't know how we got down that there was a point to it um well the point is just Oh, I think I think you, you said the walking stick, and it could be that they go to the bank after to get financing. So the point is, if let's say the seller of that, the buyer that's now the seller, yes. So it's getting very confusing. I know, I know. So the buyer that put the offer in, yes, on that property that has the condition on the sale of their property, now they've listed their property, and sell it or get an offer on it, or even list it at a certain value, and then go to the bank to say, okay, well, I bought this house, and I'm selling mine for this amount. Now they could say to you, oh, that's great. You yeah. don't qualify anymore for that house you just bought. Yeah. Well, I'm re certain houses, well, this one has an example, is um, a century home, over $2 million. It's a unique property. So it's on a property like this, having a sale of buyer's property condition is reasonable to expect. You may be able to negotiate it to a shorter length of time or to remove it completely, but it's a reasonable request because the buyers of these properties are probably selling at... They're move-up buyers. Yeah, they're, but they're probably selling a $2 million home or an equally priced home in a different area. Um and the home they're buying doesn't come up often. So it's not like they're going to sell their house, you know, right. get a two, three-month closing and then sit there and wait for the right house to pop up. Right. It's not a cookie-cutter 
suburban home that comes up every week, right. it's maybe two, three, four times a year they see something that interests them. Right. So you have to expect they have a house to sell. That yeah, may if you be have if you have not a easy fifteen hundred square foot townhouse in Milton, right? Uh, the chances that you should accept a offer with a sale of a buyer's property, um, I would say probably not. Not yet. Um, no. You know, if somebody has a property to sell and they're buying a fifteen hundred square foot townhome, average townhome in a place like Milton. Which now is worth whatever eight fifty nine hundred thousand. Yeah, you either have a condo, which depending on where it is, may or may not be hard to sell. There's a lot of condos on the well, market. I was say, a lot of competition. Um, or you're from some buttfuck town somewhere, you know, way up north where you get a showing a month kind of thing, and you now have to move to a suburban area. Yeah. So, but on a property like that, uh, you know, a historical home on a big lot, and you know, it's got all these check marks. Those things are like a unicorn; they don't come up ever. No. So, somebody could be sitting at home, not looking at the market, and then one day get a call from their agent that says, "Holy crap, Adrian! This home just came on the market, and I think it's perfect for you. We got to go right. see it." They go see it. They go, "Yeah, we love it, but..." We got to sell our house. Yeah. Well, let's see if they'll accept an offer on the sale of your house. Instead of missing out. Now, if you are on the buying side and submitting an offer like that, you want to convince. You basically now, in negotiation, have to convince the seller and the seller's agent to accept this offer. So the storytelling of, you know, what our property is, how prepared is it? What our expectations are? When are we listing it? How much are we listing it for? You know, even document it. Get some nice photos. Yeah. Even even if you're just using your iPhone, tilt your iPhone sideways, hold it upright, get your lines straight, get some good lighting on there, and just click a few photos. Clean up a little. doesn't have to be staged, but yeah. take some highlight photos. Well, that's to a T how this played out. So we had two offers. Uh, one was a bit better, but they were both pretty good at trying to sell the concept to us. But this agent, she sent me the previous listing, uh, which is a pretty good representation of how the home looks, but it also elaborated to let me know they had invested six figures into updating it even further. She sent me current photos that showed it was being painted. She let me know the dates it was being staged, the date it was prepared to list, um, what their expectations were on price, and how 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 they were financially in terms of uh, their comfort level and ability you know they like things like that i don't yeah. need to elaborate but her confidence level was really high and she's a reputable agent so that was she did a good job at selling us on it compared to the other agent who didn't put as much effort into it so that played a role in our decision yep and the other thing just uh quickly for sellers considering to accept to accept an offer like this is to be aware of the chance that in 30 days, 45 days, whatever the condition is, if it doesn't sell, you're kind of back to square one. Now you're relisting. So if you have a commitment to close on another house, get other alternative finance options in place to make sure you're mm -hmm. not stuck. Yep. 
and not, and unable to close on another property. It is a shitty position to be in if you've just accepted an offer. You've gone 30 days now with very few showings because that, again, like you said, that conditional status. And all of a sudden, you get that call and they say, I'm sorry, we can't sell our home. And now you got to turn around and be back up on the market. And you've yeah. now added 30 days to your days on market. And people think, well, why hasn't this sold yet? Yeah. So it's, you know, you got to weigh out the pros and cons of that for sure. Yeah. So there you go. SBP, sale of buyer's property. That's what it means. If you have any questions, you want to chat about it. Uh, if you've experienced this type of scenario, we'd love to hear your comments. Throw us a like while you're watching or listening. It's not a condition to be afraid of, but it is one to be educated on. Yeah, and quite frankly, you know, before we end this off here, the real estate programs and courses that most realtors go through in terms of getting their license most of the training that they'll receive in most brokerages and most of the transactions that a realtor conducts will never cover this off. This was more informative than any training, any certainly any real estate it takes, course. It takes a long time to get experienced and knowledgeable and confident in the area of this sim seemingly simple condition. Yes. Well, and if real estate agents are listening and you're in the midst of or ever take on conditions like this that you're not familiar with, you need to leverage your team or your brokerage and the experienced agents to make sure you're Well, I'll even throw it out decision. there to those because we do have a, a pretty good base of realtors that follow us on a regular basis and listen and watch. So to all of you that have been following, listening, watching, or if you're new to the show, even if you're not on our team or registered with our brokerage, you've got some stumbling blocks. You don't know how to handle a negotiation situation. You don't know how to handle this condition or this clause. Uh, give me a call directly. Ian will put my cell phone number in the description of this podcast down below. And... Um, Give me a call. Maybe a pop-up on the screen, something maybe fancy. A, maybe a Call here. Yeah. It's 647-464-0957. And That's only two ninety nine hourly. Yeah. <laughs> Reasonable rate. If you're watching this at 1 a.m. Yeah. Um, yeah, give me a call. That's my cell phone. You can call me. You can text me. If you want to pick my brain, um, I'm happy to chat and walk you through it and guide you through it free of charge. There you go. Good talk. All right. SBP. That's it. Episode 205 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Leave your comments and give us a like. Throw us some love. We'll see you next week.